This is the All Markets Summit podcast from Yahoo Finance. Please welcome Dan Roberts with ShotCon. All right. Delighted to have Shad Khan here, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can we please give a round of applause for Shad? Coming up Thank north you. from Florida. Uh, we are going to get into all kinds of great business stuff. We're going to talk about the NFL and talk about Shad's story. But let's just start with the team, the Jaguars this year. Uh, you have an electric starting quarterback right now, Gardner Minshew. You guys look pretty good. How do you feel about where the team is at right now? Uh, I think it's young. It's explosive. It's good. And uh, who has the better mustache, you or Gardner Minshew? Um, you know, both of us are a step ahead of the average dude who doesn't have a mustache, OK? Uh, so and we've got unfair advantage over whoever doesn't have a mustache. So, But it's different styles. I'm not going to count mine as OK, yeah. Uh, let's get into some news. We love to lead with some recent news. And just this week, you announced that you are the majority investor in the Black News Channel. And that is uh, relaunching soon. Tell us about that. Uh, J.C. Watts is behind that, former Oklahoma quarterback, yeah. congressman. Tell us a little bit about the Black News Channel. Well, um, you know, J.C. Watts, one of the founders, along with other people, um, they started this journey more like 10 years ago. He was just out of Congress, and uh, it really never got traction. They went through, you know, this is finance, uh, some money, and it didn't become a reality. So a couple of years ago, um, you know, I looked at that, and then I said, okay, uh, uh, this thing, how it should work from a business perspective, the money, the investment you have to put in, so it's going to be relevant. I think there's a huge unmet need uh, for African Americans, uh, the content that's specific to them, um, and how they're consuming, obviously, you know, phones and so on. So it's got to be all the multi-channels, and uh, then have content that's desirable, and it be gets traction and that's sustainable. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about yeah. the news industry, we know we're in it. We're yeah. doing a live streaming event right now. Uh, so much has changed. So obviously, launching something new in news, uh, a lot of challenges that you have to think about and approach, yeah. and especially as an NFL owner. I mean, you see how the news is uh, rapidly shifting every day. Yeah, absolutely. So, and you've got to be, you, you know, you've got linear TV, but then cable, and then after that, over the top, and phones and every, everything else. So you launch it, you've got to have them all. But it's going to start out with about 33 million households who will have access to it. And uh, so, you know, it's, and I'm hoping, you know, once it meets the mission, it can kind of be a bridge culturally to some of the other ethnic minorities, South Asian, I think you're looking at. Um, and um, hopefully, you know, serves a very viable purpose. Uh, more Shad Khan news to get into. Yeah. We have All Elite Wrestling, which just launched uh, within the last month and launched on TNT. You are involved in that with your son, Tony. Yep. Tell us about that and how has that launch gone, especially, you know, somebody who covers sports business for us. It's all about streaming right now. And all of the new streaming platforms, I notice, the rights that they can get are combat sports. It's boxing, it's wrestling, it's MMA. Mm -hmm. So uh, tell me about how that affects you guys launching this new business. Well, uh, you know, it was my son's idea, obviously. So, uh, and this is one of the times as a father, you know, you don't mind being wrong. Uh, I, I didn't think it really had much of a chance. Uh, but the business case he had, uh, you know, was quite compelling. And, um, you know, really it launched with pay-per-views uh, early in the year, did very, very well. Some of them were historically high. Uh, and then obviously on TNT, uh, October 3rd, and it's done very well, as you know, the ratings. So, but they have all the platforms uh, to really be able to access it globally. 
And uh, crazy enough, I think in England it's on free TV, the biggest channel, ITV. Speaking of England, you own yeah. uh, a soccer team over there. Yeah. Should I say football? Yeah. Tell us about that before we get into American football with NFL. Well, uh, really that came after NFL, uh, Jaguars, because I was looking at um, you know, how do we grow our fan base? And playing in London was really one of the angles. Uh, this is going back about six years ago. And obviously the NFL approved that, uh, went along, and this was like a second step to have something there because we have people on the ground to have some synergies and get, you know, more exposure. Uh, let's talk about your story. As Jen Rogers said, who introduced us, uh, just a fascinating entrepreneurial story. Some have yeah. said, I mean, the quintessential American dream. Uh, came to this country from Pakistan and eventually went to work for a car bumper company as an employee when you were still in college. Now the CEO of that company, Flexingate, which had uh, more than $7 billion in revenue in 2018. Uh, tell us about that business. You know, the, the average person, I think, who cares about the NFL knows a lot of the owners. They might not know how those owners made their money, and it's a unique story. Yeah. Yeah, I think only in America, okay? You wouldn't be doing it anywhere else. Uh, so, uh, you know, this is like, uh, I started basically, you know, in a garage when it was very, very small, and I started working there because uh, I was looking for a green card, and I was out of engineering school, and they'd be the only ones who were hiring me, you know, so I could apply. So uh, this is where, uh, you know, fate and luck kind of brings you. Uh, we had different kind of disruption in those days, which was fuel efficiency, the energy crisis, all that. So that really led to getting technology that would be more relevant, lighter parts, more durable parts. And then over time, um, you know, after I bought it, we transitioned to different customers, different technologies, and, you know, now we're in 10 countries, obviously, you know, 28,000 employees, and, you know, hopefully we're going to do more than 70 billion this year. So. Flexingate uh, provides yeah. bumpers to some of the biggest car makers in the world. The auto industry right now going through a lot of changes, just yeah. like the news industry. Yeah. Uh, tariffs have had an impact on that business. Uh, what do you make of, of where the auto industry stands right now in America? Well, uh, I think, uh, you know, manufacturing, this is, I've been on a factory floor 50 years. This is about the best it's ever been. Um, uh, some of the, you know, law changes, um, obviously with investment, writing it off, uh, low interest rates. The factories are going through a huge revolution. New technology and um, more brains, less brawn. Um, ergonomically, you know, 60% of the available workforce is women, so, you know, they must be engaged on the factory floor on how they want to do it. And it's real life. We are talking about uh, global factors. Have to ask you while we have you about the situation for the NBA in China. As an NFL owner, you have gone through political situations that that league has faced. And now Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, really facing uh, what seems to me to be the, the biggest test of his uh, commissionership. So what do you make of what's going on with the NBA in China right now? Taking heavy criticism, what should the league be doing? Well, I think you know, that's for the NBA commissioner to do, okay? I mean, for me, I think, you know, I've been active in nine other countries outside U.S. And whether you are a sports team or your auto parts factory, I think a key tenant of why you exist is to do good. And, uh, I mean, we're active, obviously, in every market we're in, but looking really for areas that are non-controversial or non-divisive. 
So what does that mean? Uh, I think for a football club uh, like Jaguars in London or Fulham, uh, we focus on uh, youth health, for example, um, uh, youth education, uh, the less fortunate, uh, doing programs for them, uh, from manufacturing, really investing in underprivileged areas, uh, high unemployment in the U.S., east side of Detroit, south side of Chicago, those kind of creating really good jobs. Non-controversial. So, Non-controversial and really where everybody uh, really supports those initiatives. I think that's, that's been our approach. And uh, now, you know, some of these uh, sovereign um, uh, issues, uh, as an American investor owner, uh, you know, I went through very something similar, uh, Catalan and Spain. We have factories in Catalan, uh, factories outside, and I didn't think as an American, uh, you know, I should really be uh, having an opinion on it, even though a lot of people wanted us to, because I want to have opinion in America. You know, there's a civic duty to really engage and do the right thing, uh, but. Uh, it's really having an opinion on those sovereign matters in other countries. It's for those people to decide. You know? I mean, this is an issue yeah. now when it comes to China for a lot of American businesses, obviously. Yeah. I have a factory in China. Uh, there you go. Okay. Uh, you know, and there are thousands of other people who have factories, operations in China. They do very well. Uh, but uh, you have to respect the norms. Okay. Uh, let's stick with politics a little bit. Mm -hmm. Let's bring it to the NFL. Uh, we know that two years ago, major story for the league was the uh, Colin Kaepernick-led protests. Mm -hmm. um, President Trump during that time, uh, we had Eric Trump here on this stage earlier, was for a while tweeting voraciously about the NFL, mm -hmm. really targeted the league. Yeah. Then it went away. Uh, quite recently, TV ratings bounced back for the NFL. But during that time, uh, you made big waves when you at one point linked arms with your players. Mm -hmm. uh, now, interestingly, I, I think some people pinpointed this, you had also uh, donated to President Trump's inauguration. So uh, get me up to speed on sort of, if we go back to your thinking at that time, uh, walk me through what that was like as an owner and, and how much of that crisis has sort of faded away and how much is something owners still think about in the league? Well, um, I think, you know, to the president's donation, that was, I mean, I've been a big fan of the economic policies. And so, I mean, that happened, and I think, you know, we're benefiting from it. Um, the, you know, the social issues, the civic issues, I think, uh, with the players, those were, you know, causes. I think human causes that uh, it brought a lot of attention to. And since that, I mean, that was two years ago, uh, the league has done a lot. Okay, we need a special program with you to kind of go through all the stuff. And the players have done a lot. Okay, that was the time for talk and symbolism. Since then, it's been time for action. There's been a lot of action. And local communities, again, um, uh, you know, in prison reform, in a lot of those things that really impact not only minority with other people. You spoke out at the time uh, against what President Trump was saying about the protests and sort of his reaction against Kaepernick and those protests. Uh, where do you stand today? Are you currently a Trump supporter? Well, uh, I think, uh, I, you know, I mean, I think it's very clear on social issues, immigration, religion, what have you. I think, uh, you know, we need to have a different viewpoint. 
we are talking about uh, the NBA and China, and that's a political issue. We're talking about the NFL and politics. Mm -hmm. The general reputation that the NBA has enjoyed, and that's why this story, I think, is so big, is that that is the open league. That's the league that encourages its players mm -hmm. to speak out on social issues, mm -hmm. and, and people say, not the case with the NFL. Do you feel that that's an unfair reputation? That's not the well, case. Well, uh, I think, uh, you know, players and every human being, I think, has a right to speak what their opinion is. Um, uh, so, you know, there's no issue, I think, as far as that goes, whether it's NFL or anybody else. Uh, the matter really becomes that, uh, uh, you know, we're American citizens. I think we have a social, civic responsibility to be active in causes we believe in. Uh, do we have that same responsibility to really opine on uh, sovereign matters in other countries? I think that's the critical issue. Uh, you are, shod by my count, one of only two uh, immigrant owners in the NFL. There's Ziggy Wilf of the Vikings. Yep. A different story, comes yep. from Germany. Yep. Uh, how has that um, informed your experience and, and the approach you take with owning the team? Uh, you know, NFL is a very powerful platform. <laughs> so uh, it's, uh, that's been really a key lesson for me. Uh, that, um, um, you know, I had more than 20,000 employees, factories all over the world, nobody cared, okay? Uh, now you have 53 players, all of a sudden your opinion matters and everybody cares. So um, it's, and it's part of NFL. But uh, I have found it really fascinating. There's a huge amount of mythology uh, that goes with the NFL. And uh, the fun part is really as you get behind the curtains, uh, you know, you discover a lot of that is not true. Care to elaborate? Pardon me? Well, yeah. Um, uh, for example, I think, you know, I was the first non-white, uh, you know, to buy a controlling share of a club or buy the club. And that was 2012. Um, now, uh, before that, really, I'd been unsuccessful on buying another club. Okay. Okay. And uh, there was, you know, all the whispers or what have you that the league went back to 1890 and uh, non-whites, uh, you know, or a minority was not going to be allowed because you need, it's partnership, you need a vote of the 24s. And I mean, I had seen up close and personal, I mean, it was nothing like that. And when the next opportunity came, obviously, um, you know, it happened. And so it broke. Uh, that mythology that there was some kind of racial bias against ownership. It's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's stick with the NFL and talk about yeah. TV rights. Yeah. That is something that I look at so closely. Mm -hmm. Later on today, we're going to have a panel really specifically on OTT businesses mm -hmm. and streaming and the future of sports streaming. But uh, NFL's broadcast rights, most of them with the main networks, are coming up for renegotiation yep. soon. Yep. A lot of speculation about, will a tech player come in? Will someone like an Amazon, which has already paid to stream 10 Thursday night football games, maybe that's a little dipping a toe in the water. Will, yeah. will someone who is a pure play tech company come in and try to bid for those rights? Uh, what do you see happening in the near future for NFL and TV? Well, I think, you know, time will tell. But uh, the most important thing is, you know, NFL has had a couple of basic tenants. One of them is, free TV, NFL games, and local market. Uh, maybe it's linear TV right now. Uh, I think that principle, I see that, I mean, this is my opinion, you know, moving forward, sticking to it. Beyond that, I think there'll be all kinds of platforms, whether it's phones, um, you know, mobile, uh, cable, whatever, uh, that they'll be available on. I think distribution, accessibility is key. 
we had your fellow owner, uh, Jerry Jones, on our Yahoo Finance live show a few weeks ago, uh, and he was saying there's never been a, a better time for the league and, and our television contracts. You yep. know, he thinks it's more attractive than ever, more valuable than ever. Yep. Um, and so I'd ask sort of two questions below that. We do know that you know ratings, live ratings, peaked in 2015. Now, we mm -hmm. haven't yet seen how much streaming viewership can be brought mm -hmm. into ratings. Some people think mm -hmm. maybe that's not true. But uh, do you feel that way, that, that the NFL's TV contracts are, are more valuable than they've ever been uh, at a peak? And then I'd also ask how sports betting and, and the slow change of the law in that case affects the NFL's TV deals. Well, uh, I absolutely think the best days of NFL are ahead of it. I think, uh, it, especially now with the international availability, number of other ways, I think it's, it's just in its infancy. It's going to explode in a good way. Um, legalized sports betting, uh, you know, we've seen some of the examples, like, in, uh, for example, in New Jersey, that there is a huge amount of, you know, during the event uh, betting. Um, uh, so, you know, we look at maybe in-stadium on a phone. Uh, uh, there'll be a huge amount of activity on that, and obviously it's going to drive the values of franchises up. Yeah, the NFL and, and Commissioner Goodell have sort of been the slowest of the U.S. pro leagues to embrace this stuff, to embrace legalized sports betting. Mm -hmm. Now that it's happening in a domino effect state by state, I think the NFL is finally really jumping in. Do, do you feel that all your fellow owners are sort of fully on board with that? We're ready to embrace this, accept it, welcome it? Yeah, uh, I think so now, but you have to remember the history of NFL. I think NFL has really been obsessed with the integrity of the sport. Uh, and it's taken a while for, you know, all the owners to get comfortable with it. Uh, we love to ask everyone who we, who we get on stage here just your, your current temperature on, on the U.S. economy. We talked a little bit about the auto yeah. uh, sector, but with, with everything that's going on, I mean, you've got stocks going up, but you've also got some mm -hmm. factors that are negative and unemployment at a 50-year mm -hmm. low. So what do you currently make of kind of the next year or two for, for the U.S. economy? Well, I mean, you know, I've been on a factory floor for 50 years. Um, I've never seen uh, the economy this good and how hard it is to hire people, you find the good people, you hang on to them. And you've got to become a better employer, so they stick with you. No recession coming. Uh, well, uh, you know, I don't know how you define a recession, but uh, I don't I see the economy really being strong. Mm. Uh, I want to make sure I ask you, you know, a lot of people in the room yeah. are likely NFL viewers, and maybe they're here to, to see some NFL goodies. Uh, who are the other owners that, that you most look to? You know, are there other team owners that are your kind of inside confidants that you go to when there are challenges with the league? Well, I think uh, 31 owners you go to. <laughs> okay. So this is about uh, as, uh, you know, it's partnership of uh, 32 clubs. And it's about as democratic an institution, I think, behind the scenes. Maybe that's another mythology is, and as transparent, uh, frankly, uh, as you're going to find. Uh, you know, there's uh, very, uh, I mean, there's very little, I mean, I haven't found any opaquity to, to it in any manner whatsoever. Super Bowl prediction? Well, I think uh, uh, you support a club that, uh, you know, will probably be there. <laughs> it's the Patriots he's talking about. All right, unfortunately, we have to wrap. So much more to get through. We'll have to have you back on soon. Shad Khan, thanks so much for coming. Thank to the you very much. <laughs>